Good morning, Parkway Church. So good to see you guys, whether you're gathered at Parkway Victoria, Parkway Online, Parkway Port Lavaca, or Parkway Lone Tree. So glad you're here. I'm so glad to see that you survived the ultimate this, not that holiday, Valentine's Day. Single adults, you had to make a decision. Do I want to experience Valentine's Day uh, with that, or do I want to choose this night to be at home and happy? Okay, so I'm going to attempt to make some jokes. and You know, the number one gift for Valentine's Day in the state of Texas is that heart-shaped box of chocolates. You know, the, the, like that is risky business, eating those chocolates. If you have a peanut allergy like me, it could be deadly. But if you are like just a normal person, you could choose one, and it's, it's perfect. It's that chocolate and caramel, and it's just perfect. And if you choose that, the wrong one, it's like Brussels sprouts. It's just gross. Okay, my name is Mike, and I'm the pastor here, and I'm glad to be with you. And I am going to open the Bible and attempt some more jokes. So if you, if you would attempt to play along, I would feel great about that. And, and you say to me, Mike, if you bring a joke, I'll bring a laugh. That's on you, bro. I get it. We are in the middle of a series entitled This, Not That, where we're studying the book of Romans where Paul lays out some foundational truths, some doctrine that we can build our life on. And one of the things that I've seen as we've walked through this is that Paul gives us two extreme choices. Like in week one, he said, to be made right with God, you can choose this, faith, or you can choose that, the law. Except the problem is the law can never make you right with God. The law can never justify you with God. Only faith, only belief in Christ for life can make you right with God. So he said, why would you build your life on the law that is never going to lead to life and deny faith that will always lead to life? What a great question. And then last week we looked at the two extremes of relationship, not rules. That as believers in Jesus Christ, we can live in relationship with him, walking with him, experiencing the power of the Spirit of God living in our lives living life with him and living life for him, we could choose that relationship. Or we could choose the rules of dead religion. And the challenge point was the rules never make us right and can never keep us right. But it's that relationship with God that helps us to not stumble. It's that relationship with God that helps us not fall. It's that relationship with God that we so desperately need. So I ask you the question, if you could live your life in relationship with the living God? Why would you settle for the rules of dead religion? And I encourage you to live in relationship with him. Today, Paul's going to give us two choices. And it's the choice between living the new you or living as the old you used to live. Before we jump into that talk, though, I do want to take just a moment and to pray. We've been praying for and looking forward to revival services that are coming at the end of March, March 24th through 26th. And we know that revival isn't just something we schedule and encourage everyone to show up to. Revival, where God sparks a, a renewal in our lives. Revival, where God refreshes us. Revival, where we grow to desire like a closer relationship with him. That is a God thing, not a scheduled by man thing. And so we want to pray that God would move and God would work in each one of us, in, in our church, and in our communities. So let's pause and pray. Jesus, we come to you and just ask that you work not only now, but you work when we gather together 
for revival in late March. God, I pray that you would use Denny to speak to us from your word. God, I pray that you would use our worship and our prayer times to encourage us in our walk with you. God, I pray that we would set aside and focus our time so that we might be renewed in our walk with you, so that we might be recommitted in our relationship with you. Lord, so we might be revived at the soul level. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So the choice this week is the choice between new and old. And this is the choice that I've been looking forward to talking about with you for weeks. Because in our world today, we love to make complex decisions very simple. Like you look at Dave Ramsey for almost three decades now. Dave has been telling you, if you want to build a healthy financial life, you choose this, cash, instead of that, credit. You choose paper, not plastic when it comes to how you're spending and how you're budgeting and how you're living your life. He takes a very complex situation. What do I do when there's more month left than there is money? He makes a very complex situation and he says, you're going to use cash-based budget instead of living a credit-fueled life. And people have found real freedom in that simple decision-making process. Can I buy it? Do I have cash? It's not about, do I want it? Do I have cash? People have felt, felt very freed by that and built a solid financial foundation, which is that simple choice, cash or credit. And then right now, there is a diet craze that is spreading throughout the church here and spreading throughout our country. Let's see if anybody will be honest. How many of you are on the keto diet right now? Right? You've lost 14 pounds just since you came into church this morning. You are awesome. You're kind of mean because you haven't had a carb in six months, but you are awesome. So the keto diet, it gives you a simple choice. And the, the, the science behind it, I'm not going to fully explain to you. I only understand the choice behind it. But here's the choice. You could eat a donut or you could eat a steak. Which should you choose? Steak. You could eat a piece of pizza or you could eat some pork belly. What should you choose? No, 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 no. Keto diet will, will not choose pizza on the keto diet. You're like, surely they're not eating pork belly. They're eating pork rinds and considering that nutritious. Wow. Like, th this is a simple decision-making process, but it works for some. Why? Because they're able to choose this or that. It is a very clear difference between a nice piece of steak and a big old piece of bread. There's a clear difference between a good chicken breast and a, a pile of mashed potatoes. So it's helping people make decisions in line with their health goals. Now, I'm not a doctor. I did not sleep at Holiday Inn Express last night. I'm not recommending this. I actually like the seafood diet, which allows you to have a donut on top of a steak <laughs> and allows you to have pork belly pizza. Like, that's my favorite diet plan. But again, don't take that from me. But can you see the idea of we make complex issues simple by saying, I'm going to choose this or that? Today, as we look at our spiritual walk, our life with God, we're going to make it as simple as living debt-free. We're going to make it as simple as a keto diet with, a, with a, a basic decision, protein or carbs. And we're going to do it with the simple question, am I living according to the New me, or am I living according to the old me? 
Let's look at it together in the Bible. We're going to open to Romans chapter 6. As we open to Romans chapter 6, we start out with a question that Paul's going to ask. And Paul's going to ask this question, and maybe a question that you've asked yourself. Mike, you are giving us, according to the Bible, a lot of freedom because we stand in grace, because we're God's kids. And because we stand in grace after we've believed in Jesus, because we stand in grace, we know that our past sin, our present sin, and our future sin is all forgiven. And so, so doesn't that give the believer a license to go out and do whatever they want? If we are assured of our forgiveness, if our relationship with God is based not on what we do, but it's based on what Jesus has done and our faith in him, doesn't that give license for believers to just go out and do whatever they want, whenever they want? Doesn't that just permit people to live the, the life they want and get out of hell free? Doesn't that just give too much room? Paul answers that question. Romans 6, 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? I love that question. Some believers live that question. I'm going to keep doing what I want so that I can show that God's grace is really big in my life. I'm going to keep sinning because I know that my God's grace will keep growing with my sin. God's grace will never let me down. Should we live our lives to prove how good and graceful God is by continuing to sin, Paul asks? Then he answers it, verse 2. By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? With the strongest of terms, Paul says we should not live just to show that God's grace is huge in our lives by sinning anymore, by continuing to sin without conviction, by continuing to sin without heartbreak. Paul says don't do that just to show how graceful God is because this is true of you. Those who have died to sin, how can you live in it any longer? See, Paul's about to teach you and me that we've been fundamentally changed when we believed in Jesus. We've been fundamentally changed, and because of that, we're not who we used to be. We are new, not old. And he's going to give us two illustrations. First one is this, verse 3. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we, we buried with him through baptism, and we were buried... Verse 4, let me try one more time. My mouth is working, but my brain's not working. Or my brain's working, and my mouth's not working. Let's just make that decision later. Verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. What Paul says here is the moment that you believed, it's like you were baptized into Christ. He was buried and laid in the tomb, and so were you. The old man, the sinful man, the sinful woman died like Jesus died. Do you believe that Jesus literally died? Yes. Then you can also with great confidence know that that sinful nature, that sin habit, that past pattern of brokenness, Jesus has freed you from it too. And it's as dead as Jesus was laying in the tomb. And then here's the good news. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead, the Bible says that you and I have been raised from the dead. We are no longer dead in our sin and trespasses, but we are now alive in Christ. 
So what's that mean? It means the old you had no option but to sin. Anybody with a three-year-old knows that we don't have to teach people how to sin. They are born with that sin nature. Anybody with a 13-year-old knows we don't have to teach how to sin. We are born with that sin nature. Unless we are forgiven by Christ, that sin nature dwells within us. Anybody that knows a 53-year-old knows that we don't have to teach ourselves how to sin. We were born sinners, and we are bound to sin unless we know Jesus. But if we know Jesus, the old is gone and the new has come. And what's the new, friends? The new is that you have been given a new life to live in and with and for him. The old you had no option. It was like almost like there's nothing I could do that wasn't wrong. And now the new you, if you choose this instead of that, I'm always wrong. You choose this and you say, I can be new in Christ. Some of you think that you are who you are because of the way you were raised. Can I just hear it like with you? You were who you were because you were raised. You are who you are because you were raised to new life in Jesus Christ. You were who you were. You are who you are because you are alive in Christ. I like that so much I said it twice. Romans 6, 5 through 7. If we've been united with him in death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And here's another image. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body, may be, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Paul says, not only were you baptized into Christ, but do you believe that Jesus was nailed to the cross for your sins? Do you believe that, church? He says that just like Jesus was nailed to the cross for your sins, you joined him there. Your old self was crucified, like metaphorically, on the cross with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. Therefore, I no longer live. The life I now live, I live by faith in the one who loved me and gave his life for me. The old you died on the cross with Jesus. And just like Jesus was raised from the dead, you have been given a new life in Christ. And one of the implications of this new life in Christ, we sang it. And in Parkway, Victoria, y'all were singing over the top when we were singing this song. That song, No Longer Slaves. I'm sure that in Port Lavaca, y'all were rocking the, the, the rafters there at Grace Funeral Chapel. See, this is another attempt at jokes. But do you realize that the old you was a slave to sin? Do you realize that the old you was bound to those old, broken, sinful, destructive, deadly patterns? You were a slave. But now you have been set free. This is not a song we sing because it feels good. This is a life we live because of who Jesus is in us. We are new in Christ. You are no longer a slave to sin. When you think that you're a slave to sin, even as a believer, you're prone to think that things will never change. 
And that is a hopeless situation that Jesus never wants you or me to live in as followers of Christ. If you believe that things will never change, what use is there in following Christ because you still see yourself as a slave to sin? But if you know that you have been set free from sin, if you know that sin is no longer your master, in fact, Jesus has defeated it, when you know that you've been set free from that former master, you can live to please God. And he challenges you to. And it's a simple decision. Am I who I used to be, a slave to sin? Am I that? Or am I this? You know, no matter your age or life stage, there is some part of your life where you're choosing to live by the new or by the old. I've been married since 1996. In the first 19 years of my marriage, I didn't understand my wife at all. But there were some things that we went through and some things we worked on together and some new tools that I learned that taught me how to communicate better, how to pay attention better, how to love her better. And so first 19 years, I had no idea. And I know what you're thinking right now. It only took you 19 years. It took me much longer. But those first 19 years of my life with my wife, I didn't know how to love her as she needed. And now, these years since, I know what I should do. I know how to love her well. I know how to prioritize her. And so it's a choice. Am I going to fall back into an old pattern, or am I going to live the new love I have for her? This is a choice we make in every area of life. Am I going to fall back into the old, or am I going to live in the new? You are not a slave to your past. You aren't who you are because your mama ruined you. You are who you are now because Christ lives in you. Are you going to choose the old, or are you going to choose the new? When it comes to that anger that bubbles up, the old you would let it rage. The new you is seeking peace with others. It's as far as it is possible with you. Are you going to go for the old or the new? When it comes to that attitude, are you going to go with the old? It's damaging. It's negative. It's not trusting. Or are you going to go with the new? You've got peace with God, so now you're going to have peace with people. When it comes to integrity, are you going to go with the old? It's a sliding scale. Whatever benefits me, or are you going to go with the new? I am a follower of Christ, and my God is holy, and he wants me to be holy, and he wants me to have integrity and have consistency no matter where I am. Where is your old? Alcoholics, you know you're old. Are you going to continue to choose the new of sobriety and of health and of a connection with God and with others that, that, that helps you? What's your old? Because you are no longer bound to your old. Christ has set you free. Boy, I'm preaching better than you're listening, I think. <laughs> Romans 6, 8 through 10. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. 
Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. When Jesus died on the cross and was raised again from the dead, he offered the one sacrifice, the one time that you and I needed it. He offered for us what we could never do on our own. He died once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So the old you was dead in your sin. The old you was dead in your sin, which means you're separated from God, destined to a devil's hell. But the new you is alive to Jesus Christ. You've got a hope that goes beyond the grave. You've got an anchor that's held in heaven. So that on your most difficult days, you can know that you're his. One of the things that happens when we struggle with sin in our lives, and we all struggle. One of the things that struggle, like one of the, one of the downsides of this struggle, one of the things that happens in this struggle, is that we might begin to wonder whether or not we are his kids if we still struggle with sin. Some well-meaning believers might tell you, if you're struggling with a consistent, persistent sin, then you might not be his kid. <laughs> Aren't you glad that our relationship with him isn't based on our ability to keep the rules and our ability to satisfy the law, but instead, our relationship with him is secure. If you have someone challenge your salvation simply because you struggle with sin, can I give you some insight? You should question your salvation if you don't struggle with sin. If you do struggle with sin, meaning you're convicted, if you do struggle with sin, meaning it breaks your heart, if you do struggle with sin and say, I don't want to do it anymore, that's confirmation that you're God's kid. It's not, it's not something to make you doubt whether or not you're God's kid. People that don't struggle with their sin, that's the old me. I never struggled with my sin before I knew Jesus. Oh, I struggle with the consequences. Oh, I struggle with the problems that that sin brought. But I sure didn't struggle with sin itself. In fact, I highly enjoyed it. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, we have a guarantee from God that our life is held with him. Let's do one more. Romans 6, 11 through 14. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. If you were to take one thing away from today's talk, this is what I'd want you to take away. Because you've been given, been given a new life by Jesus Christ, because you are no longer a slave to sin, because you're forever alive with him, because of that reality, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in Christ Jesus. It means you can always choose the new instead of falling back into the old. Count yourselves dead to the old, but alive to the new. Count yourselves dead to who you used to be, but alive to who God is shaping you to become and calling you to become. How do you do it? Therefore, do not let, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. There's a struggle we're going to talk about here in a moment. Because if sin is dead and I'm alive, how can it reign in my body? Verse 13, do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life 
and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. So what Paul says here is that the old you, sin, was your master. The new you, Jesus, is your Lord. And he says, because the old you has died, don't offer any part of yourselves over to wickedness. But instead, offer all of yourself over to God for godliness. Don't allow yourself to compartmentalize one area of your life and say, it's okay to be old here, and I'm going to be new here, 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 and here. Don't allow yourself to compartmentalize and think, well, it's okay to be the old me here. Because God is calling us to be completely new in Christ. Never settle for the old when you can experience the new life that Christ has for you. Jesus is your Lord if you're a believer in Christ. So offer all of yourself to him. Offer all of yourself to him. Why would you offer yourself to to sin that's dead when you can offer yourself to Jesus who's alive? See, this is every believer's truth. You have a new life in Christ. You have been set free from sin so that you can follow Jesus as your Lord. If you've believed in Jesus for life, this is the truth about you. This is the truth about me. I have a new life, and I've been set free from sin so that I can follow Jesus as my Lord. But here's every believer's struggle. Because even though I know that I've got a life and a new life and I've been forgiven, and I know that heaven is my home, and I know that I can say no to sin, it is still a struggle. There is still a war within me. And there is still a war within you. Here's every believer's struggle. The struggle to live this new life. The struggle to live free from sin. And the struggle to fully follow Jesus is real. To live in this new life. To live a life that's becoming freer and freer of sin. To live a life that's fully following Jesus as our Lord. Offering all of ourselves to him. This struggle is real. In fact, in Romans chapter 7, Paul describes it in this way. He says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the things I do. And this was a troublesome point for him. This is a heartbreaking moment for him as he tells us, I'm still struggling Even though I know that I'm new and free and I'm his, the struggle is real. He says, the things I want to do, I don't do those. The things that I don't want to do, those are the things I find myself doing. Can anybody else relate to that heartache, to that angst, to that war that's going on at the soul level? Listen to what he says. Romans 7, 21 through 25. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. As your pastor, you need to know that I believe the best in all of us. That we want to do good. That we want to live holy, righteous lives. That we want to reject the old and choose the new. I believe that about you. But I also know that the struggle is real because the evil is right there with us. Verse 22. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work within me, 
waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Paul says, I know I'm free, but in some way I feel bound. Paul says, I know I'm new, but in some ways I feel like the old me is always around. And then he asks the question. After he makes this pointed confession. Verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body, of, this body that is subject to death? And then he answers the question. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul says the struggle is real and it's ongoing. And when I am fighting, I feel like a wretched man. And who's going to free me from this feeling? Who's going to free me from my own failing? Who's going to free me from this body of death? And he answers the question. He says, thanks be to God. Because Jesus Christ is the only one who will deliver me and remind me that I'm new. Remind me that sin is dead. Remind me that sin is no longer my master, but Jesus is my Lord. He is the only one that will free me from this body of death. As we move towards a time of commitment, I want to show you the most beautiful picture I've ever seen of Romans chapter 7 in real life. Now, I do warn you, this picture might, be, might cause some to be squeamish, and I feel really bad for the people in Port Lavaca and Lone Tree because all they're going to see is this picture and not me. And you're wondering, what could be worse than seeing you? Well, let me show you. This hunter killed two deer with one shot. You see, those two bucks apparently got in a fight some months back. And the buck on the right lost. And the buck on the right, the buck on the left won. But he carried the buck on the right, even though it was dead. When Paul says, who's going to remove me from this body of death? He's talking about the buck on the right. He carried him until the body would decompose and fall off. And so you just got the mount up. Can you imagine what this hunter was thinking when he walked up on this shot? I mean, we're talking zombie deers for real. And I want to tell you, in your relationship with Jesus, that deer on the right is the sin in your life. It is dead. It is defeated. You have already won because of what Jesus has done. But you still carry it with you, and it still influences you, and it still can hurt you but you have one. Can you imagine when the buck on the left came home? Like he's walking in. His wife looks at him and says, oh dear. Can you imagine that? But that's the reality of our lives. We are winners who still struggle. We are winners who still carry the weight of our sin. We are winners who must be freed from the body of death. And, and let's just go ahead and say goodbye bye to the body of death. Thank you. Bye, body of death. There's a little girl out there saying bye, body of death. That is just like the worst thing, worst memory I'm going to have of church today. Hey, what was your best part of church? Some people believed in Christ. What's the worst part? A little girl said bye-bye, body of death. <laughs> it's just not good. But what if we as believers had the faith of a child and said bye-bye, body of death? I'm going to choose the new instead of the old. When I'm tempted to fall back into the sin struggle 
that wants to find me, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to offer my body up as a sacrifice to God, every part of my body. When I think that I've got no choice but to do what I've always done, I'm going to know that I have a choice. So what do you do with that body of sin? If you're not a believer in Jesus yet, the only way you'll be freed from that sin, given a new life, and be freed from the sin, is by believing in Jesus and finding life in him and him alone. That death that he died once and for all includes you. And he invites you to believe and find life. For those of us that have already taken that step, our step to believe, our step after believing, is to continue to confess our sin to God. When the struggle is so real that we fail, are we going to let that body of death weigh us down? Or are we going to get real before God and confess it? As believers in Jesus, we can confess our sin. And 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, that's how good God is. That's how powerful his grace is in our lives. Should we keep sinning so that his grace should abound? No. But should we turn to him even when sin does grow in our lives? Yes. So that he can forgive us and will forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Friends, you can live with the weight of sin, that dead man on your back. Or you can live in the freedom Christ has for you. Will you choose the new and reject the old? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the chance to learn and grow together today. God, I pray for life change that could happen simply because of the realization that we are freed from sin. It's no longer our master. That we are freed to follow you because, Jesus, you are the Lord. And that we would not submit any part of our bodies or lives to wickedness, but instead offer all of ourselves to you for godliness. Church, as we pray, maybe you just need to confess to God. Maybe you just need to offer up yourself to God. Because Jesus is Lord. And as you pray, for those that have never believed in Jesus for life, if today's your day, no one can free you from that body of death, no one can free you from who you are today besides Jesus. So today's your day, you can mark it with a prayer, you can pray. Jesus, I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner who needs a Savior and that you are the Savior of the world. Thank you for coming for me, for dying in my place and being raised again from the dead. Today, I believe. Thank you for giving me life.